Chris from Keswick Village. This is the Rorschach Arctic update from the 20th of February 2024. A quick summary of what's going down north of the Arctic Circle. The week begins with the passing of a monumental figure for Russia and the whole world. Alexei Navalny, the most prominent critic of Vladimir Putin, died on Friday the 16th. The Arctic prison, where he was serving a 19-year sentence on extremism charges, announced his death. Worldwide condemnation ensued from global leaders and supporters, alleging Navalny's murder. Spontaneous memorials sprung up across Russia, drawing thousands of visitors. According to Al Jazeera, by Sunday the 18th, police had dismantled many memorials and arrested over 400 people attempting to peacefully pay their respects to Alexei Navalny. Speaking of Russia, a significant issue in Arctic politics is the future of the Arctic Council. Even though Russia remains a member technically, it has been suspended since its invasion of Ukraine. According to Reuters, on Wednesday the 14th, Russia halted its payments to the Council until its reinstatement, which could be a sign of its potential withdrawal. Given Russia's pivotal role in the Arctic, successful cooperation in the region hinges on its participation. Therefore, countries must devise strategies to ensure Russia's continued involvement in the Arctic Council. Russia's Arctic ambitions are numerous, but one of its major goals is increasing shipping through the Arctic Ocean. To do so, on Friday the 16th, the Russian government eased the requirements for icebreaker escorts. Vessels below a certain size require icebreakers as escorts to ensure they safely navigate the frozen waters during winter. Previously, this was only allowed from July to November, but the updated rules state that ARC-7 and ARC-8 natural gas carriers can now navigate independently from June to January, an increase from five to eight months. This shows the Russian government is betting on the Arctic Ocean getting less and less ice, which will assist their goal of year-round Arctic shipping. Moving to the U.S., the trajectory of the Arctic's future heavily relies on fossil fuel extraction. Last month, the Biden administration sought to bolster its environmental stance by halting exports of natural gas from Alaska. However, this move has sparked significant opposition. On Thursday the 15th, the U.S. House passed a bill aimed at reversing Biden's pause. Lisa Murkowski, Alaska's senior senator, criticized Biden's decision as, quote, an irresponsible and reckless political stunt, end quote. The fate of natural gas exports now lies with the U.S. Senate, where a vote will determine whether they continue. Still in Alaska, in a recent interview on Thursday the 15th with Alaska Public Media, Kirsten Dobreth of Undercut News, a commercial fishing and seafood industry news agency, highlighted the dire state of Alaska's fishing industry. Plummeting prices for salmon and pollock, exacerbated by global market shifts and oversupply, coupled with climate change-induced collapses in key species populations like king crabs, prompted the closure of three major processing facilities in Alaska. Communities in towns like Kodiak and King Cove face looming job losses and tax revenue declines. In some scientific news from Greenland, new research from the University of Leeds, published in the journal Scientific Reports on Tuesday the 13th, sheds light on the aftermath of the rapid melting of Greenland's ice sheet. The analysis reveals a near quadrupling of wetlands across the region. This shift accelerates ice melt elsewhere in Greenland and triggers the melting of permafrost, releasing dangerous levels of methane gas into the atmosphere. As the Arctic is melting, the behavior of animals in the far north, including the iconic polar bear, requires re-evaluation. Traditionally, polar bears come to land once the ice melts in the summer, but with ice returning later and melting sooner, their ability to find sufficient food year-round is called into question. A study published by the U.S. Geological Survey on Tuesday the 13th reveals that polar bears are increasingly scavenging food on land to compensate for reduced hunting time on the ice. 
Observations show bears consuming items like berries and bird eggs. These new food sources lack the fatty and nutritious content needed to sustain the massive polar bears, rendering them vulnerable to starvation during extended periods on land. Climate change is causing oceans worldwide to warm, with potential devastating effects on many aquatic species. However, one unexpected beneficiary is the jellyfish, which thrives in warmer waters and is expanding into previously cold regions. According to a new report published on Wednesday the 14th in the journal Frontiers, jellyfish have become a vital food source for Arctic crustaceans. Previously, during the winter, when the ocean was mostly frozen and food was scarce, many ocean creatures were believed to go into hibernation. Now, it has been observed that some species are adapting to prey on the abundant jellyfish that have colonized Arctic waters year-round. This underscores the rapid changes occurring in the Arctic food web due to climate change, while also offering hope that some animals can adapt to the swiftly changing climate conditions. Jellyfish will be one of the most interesting animals to follow in warming oceans. For a summary of what's happening and why it's important, follow the link in the show notes. Valentine's Day, typically associated with romance worldwide, took on a different tone in Canada as Indigenous women seized the moment to demand action. The Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women and Girls March unfolded in Montreal on Wednesday the 14th, with a poignant focus on two Inuit women who disappeared in 2023. Alice Tukiapik was tragically found murdered after six months of being missing. Linda Ukwaituk Kirshner is still missing. This tragic case underscores how authorities normalize violence in Indigenous communities. The march aims to confront this issue and advocate for safer communities for all women. Also in Canada's Indigenous communities, where modern diets are posing significant health challenges. A study in early childhood centers across Nunavik, published on Wednesday the 14th in a Journal of Nutritional Health, found that vitamin D deficiency is affecting two-thirds of children under five. With the Arctic's winter darkness, adequate dietary vitamin D intake is vital. Yet, reliance on store-bought fast foods replaces traditional, nutritional options like fish, seal, and whale meat. Lack of vitamin D is responsible for a rise in diseases like rickets, diabetes, and cancer. The report calls for food policy reforms, including preserving local environments where traditionally hunted animals live and providing better facilities for hunters who provide for their local communities to combat vitamin D deficiencies in the north. Norway is poised to join the ranks of spacefaring nations. In a few months, the inaugural test rocket will launch from the Arctic Norway's Andøya spaceport, marking a significant step for Norway's burgeoning space industry. Adding momentum, as reported by Norwegian state broadcaster VG on Friday the 16th, Norway received an invitation to participate in military space cooperation with the USA, Great Britain, and Japan. This invitation follows concerns over Russia's development of nuclear weapons in space, prompting the formation of an alliance among spacefaring nations to prepare for potential space warfare. Finally, Iceland confronts an unexpected revelation this week as the government announced on Monday the 12th that the Icelandic population is actually 14,000 fewer than previously reported. The discrepancy arose from the previous method of population counting, which relied solely on registrations with the National Registry, overlooking individuals who had moved away without updating their status. As a result, thousands who no longer reside in Iceland were inaccurately included in the population tally. This oversight has been rectified by incorporating data from multiple sources, yielding a more accurate population figure. On a positive note, this adjustment means Iceland's GDP has risen slightly, returning to pre-pandemic levels. Thank you so much to everyone that filled out the survey over the past few weeks. We really appreciate your comments and ideas. Many of you mentioned you would like to get some more in-depth episodes and interviews. Is this something that you would like? Do you have any topics in mind? 
something specific about the Arctic that you would like to know more about for us to do a special show on. We want to do some new things very soon. Please email us at info at The survey is still linked in the show notes if you're interested in that as well. Mana.